Like I say, it's good to be here this morning. It's good to see so many that came out. We're glad to have so many visitors. Uh, we have quite a few this morning, and that's good to see. We're always happy about that. I'm going to talk for a short time this morning on Proverbs 16. As I go back, uh, I remember uh, our head coach from uh, from high school. I don't I don't talk about that kind of stuff very much, but did think that. Uh, it kind of went along with the lesson this morning. Uh, that particular coach was in the church. Um, he did his best to try and teach a, a lot of guys at a lot of uh, persuasive age uh, what they could do to better their lives. And, and it was, in a lot of cases, guys that weren't going to get any direction from home. They just were not going to get any direction. And so he did his best to try and guide us. And I don't remember a lot about what he said about football, but I remember a lot about what he said about life and what he said about the role that God should play in your life. So we fast forward just a few years, and one of the things he said was, I don't know what struck him that day, but he came in and he was madder than a hornet. And he started talking about all the garbage that we as teenagers put into our minds and this kind of thing, and I, I don't know what was going on that day. But he told us we needed to get home and open up the book and start reading in the book of Proverbs. Well, that had an impression on me. And so, of course, maybe I did some of that. And as I went, about the time I was in college uh, there in Lubbock, um, David Minson did did a series on the book of Proverbs. And he put a lot of that... um, put some context into that, and it it made a lot more sense. And one of the things he says is because Proverbs was compiled over time, it was done, it does not contain large sections following a specific theme. Places like Proverbs 7 and 31 and nearly an entire thought are the exception and not the rule. Much of Proverbs is a somewhat random arrangement of moral principles. So when you think about that, you think about a lot of people. They want to take this book and they want to open it up. Because they've been told that's going to teach them how to live their lives. And so they take that book and they open it up and they start reading these stories that they can't really relate to. But Proverbs is one place where if you open your book up to Proverbs and start reading, you're going to start seeing some morals and some ideas on how to live your life. And so that struck me and I thought we'd take just a short amount of that book in Proverbs 16 and we'd take a look at that this morning. This particular book has an, it serves as an outline, I think, of how we should, our relationship with God and the relationship we should have with others around us. So we begin reading in Proverbs 16 and verse number 2, and it says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. You know, we can justify any sin in our lives. You take any sin that you may have, you can justify it in your life. We see people on the news do it all the time. We see murderers justify killing. We see thieves justify stealing. And it doesn't matter what sin there is. Someone can justify that in their lives. Do we do those same things? Now, I don't think we have any murderers here. I don't think we have anybody that we would consider to be like a corporate thief or something like that. But we have what we think of as lesser sins in our lives. And do we justify those things in our own eyes? You know, I think back to the Enron debacle that we had several years ago. A company called Enron, huge energy company. And the executives of that company 
got in front of the cameras, got in front of the people of the company, and said, we are doing fine. We're going to make so much money. You just need to pile everything you've got into our stock. And the whole time, behind the scenes, the accounting was going into the toilet. Many of these guys went to jail for that. One of them got out last year, the CEO of that company. And to this day, he will tell you he did nothing wrong. You can justify anything in your mind if you try. And when you look at these things and we find ourselves in that situation, we need to take pause and think, am I justifying this in my own mind? Because I'm definitely not justifying it to God. He gives us the moral outline for our lives. And those are the things that we should strive to do is to please him and not those around us. In Luke 18, verses 9 through 11, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican. You know, the more I read that, that passage and the older I get, the less I concentrate on on the publican, the more I, talk, I think about who Jesus was talking to, the people that trusted in themselves. That is exactly who he was talking to, and that was the point he was trying to make to them. He stuck every one of them on that corner that day. But I don't think they ever picked up on what he was saying. Because they despised others. They despised them for not being them, and they didn't take a second to pause and look at their own lives. And that's what we're talking about here. We tend to justify the things that we do in our lives. And we place a big magnifying glass on the faults of others. That's not the, moral, the morals that we're taught in the Bible. In Proverbs 16, By mercy and truth iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. Iniquity or perverseness or evil fault by mercy the truth, mercy and truth, these things are purged from your life. You know, when you start to, to look at those things and look at the truths from the Bible and start trying to put those things into your life, that's when these other things get easier. That's when those other things get put out of your life is when you're replacing them with truth and what God would have you to do. In 1 Peter 1 and verse 22, it says, Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit, Unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. You know, how can we do that? How can we have that opinion of others if we love them with a pure heart? And that's the point it's trying to make here. Obeying the truth leads us to purify ourselves from iniquity. You know, the fear of God, whether literal or a fear of respect, keeps us away from that evil. It's just like when you're a child. And your parents, you have that constant threat from your parents if you don't do the right thing or make the right decisions. There's going to be consequences. And it's the same with God. There will be consequences if we don't do the right things and do them for the right reasons. In verse 7, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be peace with him. You know, two verses come to mind when, when we read this here. I think uh, Romans 8 and 31, what shall we say then? What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? 
In Romans 8, uh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Let's see where I was. Matthew 5 and 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You know, I believe that has a lot to do with our attitude toward others, toward individuals. You know, it's hard to think sometimes we have enemies, isn't it? It's hard to think that we might have an enemy. We, we typically think of enemies as, as opposing armies or people in our lives that might seek to kill you. We don't have those types of things in our lives. Do we have enemies? What about that person at work that we don't tend to get along with? That difficult neighbor? Someone we don't get along with in general? What about those people? Do we pray for those people? You know, it's difficult to pray for someone if you have the wrong attitude toward them, isn't it? That'd be very difficult. To go to God and say, I'm praying for this individual, for whatever the case is, and have the attitude that I'm going to get back at them the whole time you're doing that, that's not easy to do. And I think that's one thing that we need to look at and consider when we're told to pray for our enemies. What is our attitude toward them? Is it our attitude that's keeping that from being a cohesive relationship? Because many times it can be us. And we can be the problem. And we should give pause there and look at that situation be sure that we're not the one at fault. And I think that's part of what we have here when God tells us to pray for our enemies. It puts us in check to make sure the issue isn't us. You know, that idea opposes our society's outlook to pray for our enemies. Verse 16, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? Moving on to our next point. You know, people don't typically look at wealth this way. Making wise decisions may not give us wealth, but it will lead us to a happier and less painful life. You know, the world tells us, do whatever you've got to do. Whatever you've got to do to get to the top. And that's not what we should be doing in our lives. We should consider those around us. We consider what the role that, that God thinks we, we should, he should play in our lives. And we should know that getting wisdom is better than all of those things. Because it's going to put us on the right track and help us accomplish the spiritual goals that we should have. You know, I had a, I had a mentor back in, in college. I, di I did an internship under him out in North Carolina. And we'd go to lunch, and he would, he would throw things out there, a lot, you know, kind of advice, things to do, things like that. And I felt like I got a lot out of that at the time. And the w one thing that stuck out with me that he told me one time, he said, now, when you get out of college, don't go take the highest-paying job you can find. Don't do it. You go find the job where you will learn the most. And he was absolutely right about that. Because to gain that wisdom, over time, if you gain those skills, if you gain that knowledge, the money doesn't matter because you're going to pass that anyway. But to have the skill and to be valued as someone, as, a, as an expert in your field, it's going to pay off so many more times than just going out and getting whatever job you can find that has the higher pay. And that's one lesson that I learned from him that, and that, that stayed with me. And it's proven to be true over and over through life. 
In Matthew 16 and verse 26, it says, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? This is a pretty common verse we hear a lot. Here we see if we gain the whole world, everything in it, everything that we could possibly imagine, and we lose our soul, then we've gotten a bad deal. You would never gain the whole world, so sell so we're selling out for even less because we're never going to gain all of that. And it, even if we could, it would still be a bad deal. So we need to think about that and keep those things into perspective and know that knowledge of God's word is, is always more valuable than what we could gain in this life. In six, uh, verse 17, moving on, the highway of the upright is depart, to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. You know, the highway suggests a pattern of repeated behavior. It's something that you're on. It's something that you're committed to. And it's a way of life that you continue down. And when you find yourself off of that highway, you evaluate where you're at and find a way to get back on track. You know, not far from here, just to the south, you have I-40. I-40 goes all the way to Wilmington, North Carolina, if you go east. Goes all the way to LA if you go west. Sea to shining sea. That's a long way to drive. Nobody here is going to step aside here in the next few minutes and say, you know, I think I want to go drive I 40 coast to coast. You're not going to do that. That's going to take a commitment. You're going to evaluate what kind of time you've got to do that. You're going to evaluate what resources you've got to do that. And you're going to see if that's actually something that you can do in the next few days. It's not something you do on a whim. And when you think about the road that you're on in life, it's something that we need to take time. We need to evaluate it. We need to think about what resources we're putting toward it so that we stay on, on that road or on that highway. Again, it's repeated behavior that keeps us from evil. And when we're on that highway and we're dedicated to it, it'll help us avoid those things that can be a problem in our lives. In Acts 22, 24 and 15, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. And wherein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. You know, here Luke writes that he exercises himself in a way that his conscience would be void of any offense toward God and men. That's something that he's committed to that's something that he strives to do, to stay on that track. And it's the same that, that we should do and what we should do. You know, I had an individual tell me one time, he said, you know, in, in business and in dealings with others, he said, I'd rather get shorted than to have somebody walk away feeling like I cheated them. And that's hard to say. That's really hard to say that, you know, I, I'd rather get the short end of the stick. I'd rather not get what I, I really should have gotten in a deal. Because I want people to walk away and feel like I did them right. It takes a commitment to live that out in your life. It takes being on a, in a being. It takes going in a direction that's going to take you there. That's not something just that just happens. But we've dealt with people like that in our lives, and we appreciate that. And you know what? Typically, we don't. We definitely feel the same way with someone dealing with us that way. We don't want to short them in some way. But we can see from their example 
this idea played out in their life. Proverbs 16 and verse 19 talks about a humble existence. Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than divide the spoil with the proud. Many times people with a boastful spirit can draw a crowd, can't they? I mean, we see it over and over. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I can't stand the blowhard. But you know, you rarely see those people that don't draw a crowd. They've always got a good story. And the funny thing is, a lot of people will say, well, you can only trust about what, half of what they say. But they still draw that crowd. You know, we don't want to be that person. We don't want to be that one. One thing we see is people constantly in competition, and the one-uppers, I've heard them called. Can we be happy with others' accomplishments without having to one-up them on everything? You know, we, we should feel that way. We should feel joy in our lives when we some, see someone else doing well. We shouldn't fit, feel the need that we take the spotlight from them or, or somehow run down what it is that they've accomplished. Because we see that too much in the world. You know, people are too busy trying to impress you to worry about what you're doing. I had a professor tell me that one time in college. He, he used to tell us that, personal finance class. He had this example of Chip and Buffy. That's what he called them. There were these fictitious characters that he constantly talked about and the mistakes that they would make, make coming straight out of college. And he talked about all the different things that they bought, the finest home and the nicest vehicles, and they took the nicest trips. And on the outside, people could see them and they could be very impressed with all the things that they'd done. But if you saw the backside of their finances, they were in a total wreck. One small slip up and the whole thing would crash down. And he told us, every one of us, we'd be in that situation if that's, if that's the road we chose to take. We find that played out time and time again when we look out into society. We see people fall into that snare. But this verse tells us, better is to be of the humble spirit with the lowly than divide the spoil with the proud. It is spoil a lot of times. When we strive to t obtain all of these things, and we look up and we've lost everything we've, we valued in our life, to divide the spoil. Don't fall into that snare. Moving on, we talk about the wise control what they say. In Proverbs 23, it says, The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning. To his lips. You know too many times. We don't watch what we say. And we need to have that. Constant check on ourselves. Because we're the only ones that can control that. And again. It's like being on that highway. It's something we have to commit to. Educate yourself on something. Before claiming to be an expert. You know. Going back to that person that we talked about, always trying to take the spotlight from everybody. They're always an expert on everything. But you know, sometimes people don't need an expert. They just need a, a truthful conversation about things. In Matthew 12 and verse 34, it says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. You know, as we learn, we mature, and our words will be seasoned as we're commanded. <clears throat> as you work to purify your heart, you hope to at least suppress your tongue in the process. 
you know, we want to keep that check on things. And just because something comes to our, our mind doesn't mean we have to say it. And I understand. If those things are coming to our mind, then we also have a heart problem that we've got to work on. The two work hand in hand. And so we have to recognize that. And while suppression of what we say is very important, we've also got to work on our heart, which leads us to say those things. And this, uh, this passage addresses both of those issues. In Proverbs 16 and verse 28, it says, A froward man sow a strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. You know, a fraud or perverse man creates strife everywhere he goes. Everything he does has an agenda. Something bad. Um, you know, I spoke to someone one time about a very public figure. And if I said the name, you'd know who it was, but I probably won't do that. Um, but they po promoted a lot of ungodly things. And after, after this person had passed, I was talking to this individual, and he, he made a statement that, that I've always remembered. He said, you know, I'd never wish that on anybody, and it's a bad thing anytime somebody passes like that. But we know that's the end of an ongoing evil. And there are some people in this life that we see, public figures a lot of times, that promote ungodly things. That That's sort of the legacy that they leave behind. As you look at the absence of that individual is almost a good thing because that promotion of things that we know to be wrong has ended. And it, if you think about that in your life, what, what are people looking at when you're gone? Are they thinking that's, the, that's good because it's the end of certain things? Or are they remembering the good that you did for others while you were in this life? You know, just as we learn um, from many other teachings, it's important that we live our lives uh, toward God, what God would have us to do and avoid those things. You know, whispers can also create this type of environment. They constantly drive people down for one reason or another. You know, sometimes you look at that and people could, if we're involved in that type of thing, they can say, well, it's good he's not going to be here because we won't have to listen, you know, to him to run everybody down. And that's not the situation we want or that's not what we want people to say about us. And that's, what not, that's not what God would have us to do. It's really sad that those individuals live their lives in a way um, in a way that they're not looking for the good, that they're looking for the bad in everyone else. And it would be so much better if, if you had individuals that were that set on, on what they did toward looking for the good in others. You know, I knew, I knew a guy once, and he never met anybody he couldn't hate, it seemed like. You know, he, he might meet somebody and, and uh, he might find them interesting or friendly or whatever. And he might, you know, like them for a little bit. But for some reason, he would just end up hating people. And I never understood that. I never understood um, how that could happen for somebody. And, and I thought about how miserable that must be. But, you know, many times that type of thing stems from pride. And when we have pride in our lives, it can lead to a lot of other things uh, a lot of other unexpected, unexpected things. And uh, so pride's another thing that we need to keep in check in our lives. In James 3 and verse 14, it says, But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion 
in every evil work. You know, this type of behavior will eventually consume you. And just like this individual, you start whispering about one person, then another. And the next thing you know, you never met a person that you couldn't hate. You know, seeds get planted in our hearts. And those seeds turn into other things. We're taught that over and over. And we know that. And probably many of us have experienced that. We go for a, go for a while and we start doing an evaluation on ourselves. And we think, well, you know, I've got some changes that I've got to make. And hopefully we do that. But this is the same way. Those th seeds get planted in our heart and then they turn into something that we'd never planned on. And some may say, well, I've, I never said I hated anybody. I don't hate anybody. But, you know, when we're doing those things, are we doing those things out of love? By running to other people down or saying these things? It's not out of love, you know. We have to take an evaluation. And that goes back to justifying any sin that we have in our lives. We've got to recognize that and call it what it is to be able to deal with it. You know, you think that type of person doesn't have an opinion about us. I, I've heard that said a lot of times. You know, you hang around with these people that have strong opinions toward others. They've probably got a strong opinion about you. So we need to, we need to keep, keep our eyes open for that and understand when it starts coming into our lives that we keep that in check. You know, you look around, do you see a bunch of people around you right now? who aren't living or doing things good enough to suit you. You know, this is a place where we're supposed to be like-minded and we're supposed to love one another. But when we look around, what do we see? You know, pick out ten people you know and, and think how many of them you have a bad opinion on. Just ten people randomly in your life. What kind of opinion do you have? You know, if you've, if you've got a pretty high percentage there, uh, it's only ten, so, you know, the percentage are pretty easy. What kind, of, what kind of opinion do you have of other people in your life? And it's, if it's a very high, opinion, or high percentage of people that you have a bad opinion on, you know, maybe we need to turn around and look at ourselves. And that's not always easy to do. You know, we're not talking about enemies here either. We're talking about people in general. And the forward, the forward man again, so a strife. And so we need to look at that. We need to keep that in check. And we need to understand when we have things in our lives... It's up to us to recognize that. We pray to God to look at us and look at our lives and we want forgiveness of different things in our lives. It, it's a two-sided coin. We, we've got to do our part. and We've got to recognize those things and write them in our lives as we come to them. This has been a short study on, on just one book out of Proverbs. Um, I felt like it was always a timely thing to study in the book of Proverbs just because... It was, it's almost like a list of different things, of different morals or different characteristics that you can put in your life that will make a difference. And, and again, you know, I don't want to discourage anyone from reading the, the other parts of the Bible, but there's a lot of stories in there, and people get confused why there's a lot of stories, that's, and that's somehow supposed to tell them how they're supposed to lead their lives. You know, we know there's value in every bit of the Bible. But when it comes to the book of Proverbs, we can almost get that list that a lot of people are looking for that can help them in planning out and living the way that God would have them to live. We haven't spoken on the first principles this morning, but we do want to be here. We do want to offer an invitation to anyone who has a need in their life. If you want to be baptized this morning, we want to be here and we want to assist you with that. If you've already been baptized, but you feel like you've gotten off that highway that we talked about, that your life isn't going in the direction that you want it to, 
we want to help you with that. We want to be here. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. We'd invite one of either class to come as we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.